Good afternoon, everybody. Hi, my name is John Washington. I'm the editor-in-chief of Flossin Media, and welcome to this edition of Black Beat Podcast, where we take an unapologetic approach to our blackness, where we love to explore anything that will bring an added value to our community and raise our human consciousness. Well, anyway, this afternoon, I got a few guests with me here this afternoon. And uh, as usual, I got the entourage with me with a special guest, um, Amin Rouse, who decided to step, stay around. Uh, uh, Harrison, you in here? You in the house? I'm here, man. Introduce yourself, will you please? I am uh, Mr. Harrison to him, but Harrison to the rest of y'all. And I, I've been here a long time. Uh, I've done this kind of work for a long time, working for Oregon Department of Corrections inside. Uh, I have done community work uh, forever, so I'm uh, good to meet you, Mr. Mims, and, and it's good to see you again. A lot of the work that you do, and the work that you do, and the work that he does is all intersected to, with my experience. So I'm just glad to be here. A little time difficulty today, uh, but that was my fault. But certainly I'm glad to be here. Always glad to be among uh, uh, brothers that look like me, and some who even think like me. But, you know, like my mama used to tell me, uh, just because you're my color don't make you my kind. <laughs> and she was a geeky woman from the, from the low country Carolina, so yeah. she knew what she was talking about. You know. And, and who's that young man we got in the house with us here today? Who's the young man in the house? Oh, the young man, that must be me. Anybody <laughs> <laughs> else look older than you or something? Could be any of you. Your job is to get as old as we are. <laughs> I'm trying. No that's, question. That's the plan. That's the plan. So, Jarrell Scott, uh, social media digital marketing associate for Flossy Media for the Soul District, and just trying to make everything pop out here and make sure that you all see what we're doing because we're doing a lot of good things here. So. That's me, that's what I'm doing. Well, you pass that mic over to that man sitting next to you, man, and uh, let him introduce himself. Um, Mems Rouse, um, founder, CEO of uh, African American XY Program, a software development um, mm. company that supports um, students as they pursue education to career to lifestyle. I'm also the executive director for the Coalition of Black Men. Hey, man, we appreciate you sitting in on this with us, man. right on. Uh, look here, Jay. Who we got is this visitor here with us today? Who's that special guest we got in the house? Special guest who probably needs no introduction, but he'll get one anyways. <laughs> <laughs> this is Albert Lee. He is the executive director of the Oregon Advocacy Commission's office, overseeing the Oregon Commissions on Black, Asian, and Pacific Islander and Hispanic Affairs, and the Oregon Commission for Women other organizational affiliations he's involved with include the NAACP, the Asian Pacific American Network of Oregon, and the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. He is a current member of the Equity Advisory Group on the I-5 Bridge Replacement Project. His education includes human rights, law, political science, and aerospace engineering. He is a former congressional candidate and his pursuits revolve around ensuring that people are treated with dignity, respect, and are valued. 
welcome Albert Lee. <laughs> 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 well, that was quite I'm a telling you, boy, I'm telling you, it was quite. Uh, Harrison, you, we got an arrow in space, brother. <laughs> it was, I think we should have got somebody. Who else we should have invited at the end of the day? No, I think we invited the perfect folks. Mims Ralph, you know, high tech piece. You know, he got his ear pretty close to the grind on this one, I'm sure. You know, so, Mr. Albert Lee, man, uh, we appreciate you stopping in the house, man. Tell us a little bit about, come on, man, all that introduction. What are you doing these days, man, with this special titles? You've got all these uh, interesting titles. Our little agency is here to support the Commission on Black Affairs, mm -hmm. the Commission on Asian Pacific Islander Affairs, Commission on Hispanic Affairs, and the Commission for Women. And within those commissions are regular, everyday citizens mm -hmm. that are fighting for, uh, you know, our rights, fighting for, uh, you know, good legislation and policy that's going to impact our communities in a positive manner, uh, build those bridges between our state government with community, and really to help develop new leaders so that we can continue uh, making uh, good decisions and having great representation uh, wow. in the state. Wow, wow. Now, <laughs> yeah, what, what y'all thinking about what he just said? I, it sounds like a whole lot of commission to me. Well, there's a whole lot of a whole lot of things that you, you have your hands in a whole lot of uh, different, you know, buckets, and so it takes a whole lot of, like like when you were talking to me earlier, you're talking about well, you've been to Salem today, and you've been to all these different little um, meetings and, and connections. So that's that's really good, Mark. But I'm always. Uh, I wanted to know how uh, how you take care of yourself mm -hmm. because the system has a way of burning us out in particular so they can have an excuse to send us down the road. Uh, so taking care of yourself is, is a big deal. Absolutely, 100%. And I think, you know, for every every person, you got to do it your own way. Yeah. For me, I get up at 4 in the morning and I go to the well, gym. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you, know, you know I ain't going to see you in there at <laughs> I call him at 9 and he's talking about his weight. So. But, but on the flip side, I go to bed pretty early. I, I try to get the bed okay, about that, See, but I, I might catch you as a night starter. You know? <laughs> Unless there's a lot, you know, as long as there, as long as there's no event going on in the evening, uh, yeah, I, I'm in bed pretty early. Yeah, cool, cool. So, hey, so if we were laymen, right? When just simply, those who may have college degrees, I mean, we got masters and doctorates and all that sitting in this room right now. And I mean, but as a layperson, let's say, how do I understand what you do, man? And how does it affect me as a person? Yeah, uh, that's that's a very good question. I think uh, as we move forward and get at, getting outside of this COVID pandemic uh, deal, we're going to be going out to community a lot more to express and, and teach folks exactly what we do. And in a nutshell, what we do is we try to provide education on civics and, and engagement with community. Uh, I'm sorry, with engagement with, with the government. Okay. Uh, number one thing is we live in this country and in this state where... What's this word civic mean, this civic engagement? When I, I, when I hear that word, I keep thinking about going to court. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, no. When, when we talk about civic engagement, it's just talking about really the simple, simplest way about it, putting it is, is to say, you know, what's, what's working for me, what's not working for me, and who do I talk to about that? Right on, right on. Mm -hmm. And so are there, um, how does education look? Like, what does that look like 
um, when you're interfacing with community? Is it community that you're um, educating? Yeah, um, well, first and foremost, we start off with our commissioners to, mm -hmm. because when we talk about centers of government, we're talking about white supremacy. Oh, man. We, you know, every center of government feels foreign. You, you feel uncomfortable going into these places. And that's step one is to make sure that folks don't feel uncomfortable going into these places because, again, the government works for you and I, not the other way around. Theoretically. Theoretically. But we want to go beyond that theoretical uh, right. aspect and, and get folks to understand, believe, and feel that and start exercising their rights. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when we talk about, when Mims, you, you asked how, what does that look like for education and training, uh, first and foremost, it is getting out to community and giving some basic civics lessons, uh, basic training, you know. Uh, you know, you've got a pothole, who do you talk to? Which, which government do you talk to to go get your pothole taken care of? Or in the instance of um, uh, you know the harassment that you might face with the police department, who do you talk to? Exactly. These these are the kind of things that we would love to expand on, uh, and it is our hope that we can uh, get more funding from our state government so that we can do more of this kind of engagement with with community members. Um, ultimately, we want to have uh, to build up the confidence of community to say, hey, this is. I'm allowed to do this. This is something that I'm, I, I can do. This is something that I want to do. And honestly, you know, we, we get cynical when, it, when we talk about politicians. We get yeah. cynical when we talk about our representatives. The reality Because is, it's a cynical business. Well, the, the reality is our, our, our representatives are regular, everyday folks also. Mm -hmm. And they're not necessarily experts in every single matter that they discuss. Mm -hmm. And so where they get that information from is from the people, it's from lobbyists, it's from whoever is willing to come knock on their doors and tell them uh, you know, what's what on a particular uh, matter. So let me see if I can translate what I'm hearing you say, that, say to me. As a layman, what I'm hearing you say is you want to come into the community and you want to let people know that it is possible for them to serve and to be a part of the, the makeup and the discipline of politics. Meaning that they can get involved with these committees where they can influence their own legislation and their own community and these agendas that politicians have. Is that somewhat what, I, what I'm hearing you Absolutely. say? Absolutely. You know, we've got lots of uh, great community-based organizations like uh, you mentioned uh, APANO and the NAACP, right. and they have uh, branches that work specifically on specific measures. In fact, I think one of the things that the Asian Pacific American Network of Oregon is working on right now is getting a professional rate uh, for our representatives in state government. Mm -hmm. So right now, state government, uh, you know, your state senator, your state rep, they make just about $30,000 a year. Really? Senator Wyden, them only still making no, about 30 no. grand? Wyden makes more than that because he's been there longer. No, not, not on the federal level. I'm talking about for your state rep. Oh, your states. Okay. And who does that squeeze out? You have to be independently wealthy. You have to be retired. Uh, you have to oh, be a business okay. owner. So who's it squeezing out? Who, so who, who, can, yeah. who, can, who cannot represent? Right. Those who can't afford to eat. I can't afford to go yeah, right for, yeah. for a state representative or a state senator. Yeah, it's only on 30 grand is what you say. Right? Right? How can you empower people who have been made to feel powerless um, their whole life, right? How can you empower those people to get involved in a system that they face as a deficit? Mm -hmm. It's like, how can you empower people? When I walk into the court, 
the, 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 the person with the blindfold, Lady Justice, she peeks. Mm -hmm. And she does see me. Yes. And so if that's happened my whole life, and then I, then I come upon somebody and say, well, you've got to get involved in a process that has been against me my whole life, how do you get me to, to, to want to be a part of all that? Well, I'll say this is that I think you're hitting on a good point, and it does touch on what you're speaking about, too, is um, access. Right, in having representatives who look like you. So um, if I, who might have your heart, right, um, and willing to do the work, if I know that this role is only paying $30,000, I'm not going to quit my corporate job to, to fill that role. Yeah, I'm right? not going to quit and my regular it, job, pays more than that. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And so I think that you're talking about the same thing. Um, you but even even with ethic, man, I mean, and Harrison makes a good point. I mean, if my consciousness, and, and we talked about this earlier, man, right. if the system, the trajectory, our participation, all it continues to equal us being less than or insignificant, mm -hmm. right? If that narrative is constantly being spun, then you got your work cut out for you. Absolutely. Okay, so... But then I think it also goes along with some of the significant findings that we're having about how trauma affects the demographic that we're talking about, right? So in Harrison, is hitting that same point. If Lady Justice only peaks when I, I, I walk in the corner, why do I keep walking when you walk in? <laughs> well, you know, you probably got some lead in your pocket. <laughs> you know, Don't look at me like I'm the only one. <laughs> but, but, the, but the point is, is that we need to make sure that we're sort of we recognize that we're okay to participate, right? And that it's not over there, it's not them. It's our community, it's our politics, it's our agendas. We should be able to be more a part of that. But you're saying the structural reality of that has led, led us to, to have a uh, um, inability to participate because of economics, because of our political economic statuses in the country, all these kinds of things. So. What's your, what's your thoughts about how we're going to begin to address some of that and, and begin to overcome some of those barriers, man? And what, what's your process? What's your, what's your mechanism? What's your, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned so many things that are really important. I mean, when we talk about the creation of the state, the first thing was, was, was done was we had colonizers come in right. and displace the folks that were living here already. And then they created rules that said that other folks couldn't be a part of this. No Chinese, no blacks, no this, that, and the other thing. Took Mexico from Mexico. Indeed. We've got layers upon layers of that. And then now I turn around and I say, well, you know, I want you to be a part of this government. I want you to be engaged in this government. Um, these commissions were started, it started off with the Commission for Women in the 1960s and then Chicano affairs in, in the 70s, black affairs in the 80s, and the Asian American affairs in the 90s. And they, they came- What, what, what started, you mean your commission? The commissions. Okay. And they came, they, they were created with this mm -hmm. acknowledgement that, hey, you know what, this government wasn't always built and made for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and so this was a first step to try to open up and get folks involved within their government. and. You know, when we look at the demographics of the state, it was 97% white in the 1970s. We're, we're down to about 70% white now. Wow. Uh, this year, uh, within the state legislature, we have the most Vietnamese representatives in the entire country. 
and California has the highest Vietnamese population followed by I think Louisiana but we have five uh, representatives within Oregon State Legislature the legislature five out of 60 seats are held by Vietnamese reps Wow um, we have several seats that are held, held by black reps we're starting to diversify the legislature how many held by black off the top of my head, I can tell you there's Rep Bynum, there's Rep Nelson, there's uh, there's uh, uh, a new rep down from uh, Roseburg, Ver Rep Virgil, I can't think of his last name, but we've got, um, uh, we don't have the most out of, out, out of any of the states, but what I'm saying is that as we continue to diversify uh, the representation within the legislature, you're starting to see more encouraging pieces of legislation come up, like this this professional rate uh, for, for legislators. And you know, for some folks, they, they say, oh, you're just trying to get yourself more pay. But the reality is, if we want to continue to diversify uh, the legislature, to fund you, 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 need a, you need to have yeah. a, a living wage for folks so that they can actually stand to represent their communities. Everybody else has it. Why, why are we saying, well, why don't we? We need to have it as well. And I'll say that um, on the school level, it should be the same because you, you know you they have. Do you mean in terms of pay? The school board. Uh, oh, absolutely. School board members. Um, I I believe they are not given a salary. No, they're volunteers. One hundred percent volunteers. They're volunteers, and they spend a good thirty to forty hours a week or more um, providing leadership to the school that has fifty thousand. That's responsible yeah, for fifty thousand. Well, Carol tried to make that happen, Carol. Smith, I think her last name is. Mm -hmm. uh, we worked out in Columbia Villa mm -hmm. uh, years ago, and she became superintendent. She tried to make that happen, but she got shut down, and ultimately she had to quit. Because anytime you start questioning the power structure, uh, you got to go. Mm -hmm. So how do we prevent that? Because those are the folks that are really, uh, you know Joe McFerrin, huh? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Well, Joe's got that, you know, Rosemary Anderson High School and all that kind of stuff. He has survived basically because of his ingenuity and because of Rosemary Anderson, mm -hmm. who was just a strong woman. Mm -hmm. But that's that's an exception rather than the rule. Mm -hmm. That's why there's only POIC and not alternative schools that are similar, at least not one or two others, but not even more. Hey man, what are some of your obstacles you see into your job? I mean, there, there, there are uh, lots of Other than the systemic realities that resist you, but in terms of the community you're trying to impact, what do you see in some of your difficulties in terms of the, the biggest difficulty we have is, is funding. Uh, you know, I've got, there's four of us that are staff uh, uh, to support the four commissions at this point. Um, and we have another three folks that are working on a special project. Uh, I'm hoping that we can expand that. Uh, we have made uh, our agency requests for uh, uh, significantly more staff so that we can actually do the work that's necessary to connect. So the funding be for staff primarily? Staff as well as program uh, funding so that we can go and make that connection and outreach the community. So money is the, is your problem. It's it always is the central. It's, it's, <laughs> so if you don't get the money, then what? We have to go and continue doing our efforts as best as we can. Well, what has happened? Though? One of the things that we can do is, uh, by statute, we are allowed to uh, solicit and uh, secure both public and private contributions. Mm -hmm. So we've had some some meager uh, 
uh, uh, contributions. We have had some contributions from some good folks like you. Five hundred one c three. Yes, we, wow. we we're, we're a nonprofit, uh, and so we can we can take in contributions. Um, each of the commissions have, have their own donation links. Uh, but honestly, you know, uh, we want to reach and have partnership with, uh, you know, all of those folks that have been able to benefit from community, to have them come and, 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 and repay and, 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 you know, to provide, uh, uh, you know, something back to community. So, you know, we're looking at uh, corporations, we're looking at uh, banks and credit unions and the like, uh, uh, as well as, uh, uh, you know, uh, folks that are interested in, in supporting the cause because we fervently believe that the the best way to strengthen the democracy is to have full participation. Yeah, people. man. Yeah, and but that's been this country's issue from the begin from the beginning, and and then you decide to take this undertaking on. As what is your predecessor's experience in the past, and how long is this? opportunity been around your job and people doing what you do okay yeah I mean you know we've, we've had good strong folks that have tried uh, and, and moved the ball forward mm -hmm. you know I, I come from the army I'm, I'm an infantryman uh, <laughs> yeah. back in the day and mm -hmm. you know and much like in football as in war it's, yeah. it's a game of inches uh -huh. uh, and, Shut them down. And, and so you know what looks like not a whole lot of progress is is a bit of progress. We, we are fighting and we're pushing forward. You know, if we can get a boost and we can get that pass and, and make make that 10 or 15 yards, that's great. Mm. But we'll continue to grab for inches. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and move it forward. Strong spirit, man. I mean, because it takes cats like you that got that kind of commitment, man, to be able to move these difficult agendas along. And so, okay, so we've identified one issue is around finance and economics. You need something? And, uh, and, and on that, right, the finance part, but what about the type of politicians, man, we get in these days, man? What, what about this corruption in, in, in politics, man? Uh, how does this hamper your job? I mean, you, you got all kinds of issues with, with politicians, man, phony, fake, good, not good. You know, how do you determine, uh, you know, how to lay this land, man, with what, what we're dealing with these days? You know, we've got lots of good folks that are coming into the state legislature, to state government, and, and into politics in general. I, I think recently, you know, as we, we, we're starting to see a lot more folks take the courage to stand up. I stood up at one point to, to run yeah. for office myself. Uh, and not all of us make it make yeah. it through that way, uh, but for those that do, they're, 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 they have it with the best intentions. Um, and you know, we continue to focus on those that we believe are, uh, have the best interest in community at heart. Uh, and you know, we try to find the best partnerships between them and community. And again, um, you know, when it look when you're looking at the the commissions, there's four areas. There's advocacy on on the things that are going to provide positive impact to community. Mm -hmm. There's public policy research, so like uh, the Commission on Black Affairs just policy, did right. the uh, uh, bias and hate incident report where, lo and behold, who gets the most bias and hate uh, incidents? Black folks. Yeah. Uh, so we've got that, but we not only highlight that, that information, but we also provide the information on who you go to for, for assistance and aid. Uh, we are looking at leadership development, and again, we, we need to have and develop good, strong leaders. We're looking to find partnerships to put together some leadership programs, uh, not only within politics and within government, uh, but within 
uh, regular private employment. Uh, how, do, how do you avoid, though, folks like George Santos? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you avoid people who blatantly lie? Do like the president, <laughs> you know, the president used to do that. You know, you know just lie and call it lie true. to your face. It's it's not happening. You're lying in his eyes. Right? <laughs> it, is, it is, you know, we've seen a trend recently that is just appalling. Um, and I don't know what else to say about that. I don't, I, you know, there's so many different theories out there as to where we get this rise, everything from the proliferation of social media uh, to just people realizing that you can say things and get away with it. Well, you know what the origin of the problems are, but what do you do about when the problems are manifested? What do you do about somebody who believes in space aliens, but they're ahead of the commission, you know, on, 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 on black affairs, on, on black affairs, <laughs> on the intelligence commission, you know, that kind of thing. Everything that happens, you know, federally really makes, really happens locally. Locally is where all the push is, like right now. But how, how, how do you, if your agency doesn't have much funding, it's not by accident that it doesn't. It could have, but, but it's just the way that the system works. White supremacy generally is not uh, going to uh, readily admit what it does, because it does what it does without doing anything. It is what it is. That's why the system goes. How do you avoid getting burned out because you don't, to get to where you are now, you've ran up against wall after wall after wall, but you stay at it. And the system says, well, we'll give him a few more things and then we can let him go because he's been burned out. <laughs> it's kind of funny, exactly. but it's kind of not. I mean, yeah. we exactly. yeah. always work, always. Did you know there's a new national broadband map? You can learn more about the internet services available in your area and help improve the maps by visiting broadbandmap.fcc.gov. Again, that's broadbandmap.fcc.gov. Yeah, but I'll say this, you know, going back to um, your statement, um, well, actually your statement about the line. Um, it's permissible now because all things um, are permissible. Due to now, Obama, mm -hmm. it started off as a lie. Uh, well, it uh, did. but it became more visible and more recently. Um, and, right, um, due to Obama becoming president, in part that that took I would say in whole. Um, well, I don't know. White folks kind of anyway. Go ahead. Right, um, because when he became president, um, a lot of white supremacists um, he opened a lot of their eyes because they didn't think that they could have a black president. And so um, all things go back on the table when that happens, including the lies. Um, well, even, even Obama himself uh, was talking after he got elected, he was talking to the senators or the folks that voted against him. How does the weather, how is the weather in hell? Because they said it would be a cold day in hell before president that would be oh, absolutely. Comment, you know what I mean? Oh, he was a complete surprise to them. Um, and in becoming president, um, there was a white re a white supremacist reaction to it and that we're that still has a rippling effect. Oh, absolutely. And so um, and and that woke up a lot of white supremacists to vote, right? To absolutely. seek I mean, office. Yeah, the birth of thing came from that, right? Right, right. To seek office. Uh, um, the, what was that one, those groups of... Um, Four commissions of Jesus. Um, groups of people who, you know, they came into being 
as Obama became president. You know, they started having... The, that Tea Party people? The Tea Party, yeah, was, uh -huh. right. We had never heard of a, yeah. a Tea Party before Obama. Well, now you got a Republican party. Um, Same thing. <laughs> right, I mean, but now it's becoming popular, right? Well, I mean, um, I'll, I'll jump in right there. Yeah. So, Tea Party is an example of what happens when you can get people to come together. Interesting. Um, and and that's that's what I'm saying about our communities is we need to get that kind of solidarity go, go come together. To the tea Party is what? It's what happens when you get people to work together in solidarity. Regardless of what the issue they come together about, it's similar to to the notion that a lot of white Southerners make that uh, uh, the war wasn't about slavery, it was about states' rights, right? It's now, the same kind I, of thing. I, I, I'm not talking about their specific politics, I'm talking about what they were able to accomplish. So They had a common enemy. So, like, when... <laughs> we were the common enemy. <laughs> but what I'm saying is you can do the same thing within your own communities if you can build up right. on a positive <coughs> yeah <coughs> if there's a narrative that brings us together but one of the difficulties and i don't know if again i don't want to necessarily add salt to this wound um yes you do your salt well but i mean it's a point salt. that constantly keeps is how do you get uh, a people to come together that we simply historically refuse to do so right you know under some of these agendas and so, I mean, and, and it's waning even through generational. Um, you know, the demographics, when we start recognizing any of the black historical organizations still have a difficulty uh, enrolling young young people to participate, the historical young people to participate in those organizations. It's not that they didn't want to get together. It's a matter of they weren't allowed to get together. You know, when you couldn't congregate more than four black folks together in one place, uh, by law, that was a way to dismantle that solidarity and that power. But I was it was only the, the it yeah, was but, only but the we've always been able to do that. Yeah, and if we adopted that behavior, then then how do we? And so this is what leads me back to my work today. And how do we begin to address the underlying trauma that creates that resistance to our advancement through education? Okay, and it's education. So you believe it's linear. I believe that one of our objectives is to provide the education. So you believe it's linear, so you believe it starts in the mind first. Yeah. What I'm hearing no, you say I, is that I, I sounds think more, it starts, more than that. He's saying that, but he's saying more it, than it, that. It, for some it starts in the mind, for others it starts in the heart. Um, uh, for others it can, it can be a combination. Um, I, I think that, you know, it, it's a very complex problem that needs <laughs> to be least. attacked in multiple fashions and multiple methods um, you know for for us in the commissions uh, we have the ability to do it by providing education on civics by okay. by, by removing the veil uh, around the centers of power uh, to try to encourage folks to exercise those rights that they have so how does that look to you Harrison <clears throat> if he was to come to you and say to you hi I'm from the commission the first thing you don't want to do, don't come and tell me what your position is, because I generally don't give a shit what your position is. I want to know who you are. I want to know if you're going to, if you're telling the truth, or are you just a bureaucrat, mm -hmm. or are you just somebody who is spouting what the, the the white folks are saying, kind of thing. And so my question is always, 
uh, how can we get to a place where we can actually communicate, hear each other, and take the message that we have and pass it on to young people? Mm -hmm. Because those are the folks that I've worked with the most. Yes. Young people. But I'm talking about young gangster people, mm -hmm. right? So how do soldiers? We, how do we take soldiers? Yeah. How do we take the information we have and pass it on to them? Because I'll tell you what they say about folks that are talking like we're talking. Because I've sat up and talked with them for years. And they're like, oh, them niggas ain't talking about nothing, man. Come on. They ain't trying to hire me. I went and looked for a job from that guy myself. He told me to wait in, the, wait in the lobby. So I waited in the lobby, but I robbed folks while I was there. You know, this kind of attitude that young folks have. How can we translate what is good and pure? And there's a lot of good and pure about you that I've seen for the last two times I've seen you. How do we transfer that? to young people who are our, our, our future. So is it, before you answer it, which I'm starting, so is it politics that we're conveying, or is it a lifestyle that we're conveying, or is it ethic that we're conveying? Because it's really, it's kind of funny how it's running throughout all the fabric of our advancement. These similar adjectives, these similar uh, identification markers, a deficiency. Um, uh, the narrative constantly says, we're short somewhere. Um, so how do we begin that, that, that whole thing? So just to add to what Harrison is saying, your thoughts. Yeah, uh, first and foremost, don't have me on the show. You need to have the commissioners on the show. I'm a bureaucrat. I, I, I'm a government agent here that supports the work of the commissions. We got nine uh, citizen commissioners uh, from a wide variety of backgrounds. So we've got uh, you know, commissioners that are lawyers and, and fancy folks like that. We got retired school Wait, teachers. We're, we're at the moment, we're not really interested in those folks. When you say that don't talk because I'm a bureaucrat, you're a whole lot more than a bureaucrat. <laughs> you know that as well as I know that. So when you twist your mouth to say that, I have to say, bullshit, come on, man. Get, get real with that. No, right? but what I'm saying is, I, I, you don't have the power is what you're saying. No, what I'm saying is that your commissioners, these folks that got appointed by the government. They're the ones that have the power is what you're saying. They're the ones that are the ones that have the power. They're the ones that are involved with community. I'm here to support them. But you're the one that makes them look good. <laughs> you do all the work. They get to go home. They make a whole lot more than $30,000. They're volunteers. All of our commissioners are volunteers. And so those commissions basically gather information from the community. I mean, with the organization, those commissions you're talking about, these, mm -hmm. uh, these committees, they, they basically gather information from the community to somehow or another help government govern. Yes, I'll give you a good example. So today we just heard about uh, the, the, the destruction of that memorial down in Ashland um, that uh, the city councilor had mentioned. Memorial. The, the memorial, yes. On? Uh, uh, on on, on um, um, Black Lives, Black Lives Matter uh, memorial that the, the, they had down in Ashland. It was destroyed, apparently it was vandalized for a second time. Wow. Uh, we, uh, you know, staff is working with our commissioners right now. We're looking to organize um, uh, an event down in Ashland, a listening session. We want to hear from community down there about how this impacts them. We want to try to get that connected with the city uh, uh, of Ashland. You want to hear from We're talking about Ashland, Oregon. I ain't talking about Ashy black people. We're talking about Ashland, <laughs> Oregon. We got we got black folks that live down there. No, no, yeah, well, we we, do. I, yeah, it's, it's all, all that lives in gold. You know, there's a, there's an organization down there, base that that is working. I have friends to, that live in Ashland. That are trying to put together 
look, there's black folks that live all over this. They sure do. Burns. Yes, but you know, so like I said a minute ago, just because you're my color don't make you my kind. There are lots of black people that live in the in the country, and a lot of people that live in the Appalachians, and people don't know that. But that doesn't really mean that they're they're looking at the world as I do. And if they if they have, they need my support as well as I need theirs. I'm really trying to get at the point that, you know, you have a long road to climb. And when you say, well, you're talking to me, a bureaucrat, and you know I know you're a whole lot more than a bureaucrat, then we have to get down to the nitty-gritty. Where what can we do? Regardless of Commissioner. You say that they're volunteer, voluntary, that's only because they make enough money to volunteer. So I think it's important for us to get down and talk about what we can do for ourselves instead of depending on, well, we got to depend on money, folks. But So I'll, I'll, give you a good, I'll give you a good point about the volunteers. Uh, so last legislative cycle, uh, we got a bill passed that enabled us to compensate our commissioners who make less than fifty thousand dollars. Now that might not seem like a whole lot, but it opens up people. the it opens yeah. up the window for us to have more people engaged who probably couldn't be engaged because they, right. w without without this compensation. Right. So if uh, I could add to that, yeah. um, um, what is her name? The um, Hispanic um, representative. Rubio? No. Um, no. Um, Federal on the federal level. Um, that would be Rubio. Salinas. Representative Salinas. Was it AOC or? Oh, okay. Um, oh, oh, Alexander Cap. Yeah, Casio or Candace or is New York it, Twelve. Is it OAC? AOC. Yeah. Okay. Um, she ran um, for that position so that she could get health care. Originally, yes. Right, and so. Um, and she's a phenomenal representative. That's she was a bartender prior to that. Mm -hmm. So um, these positions, like you were saying earlier, um, are not occupied many times because um, people can't afford to occupy them. And so we do have to do that work as well. You know, and, Side work, yes. Absolutely. Right, right. You know, we have to do foundational work. Because um, I think that that's the foundational oh, that's work is to... But that's just one of those incremental steps that we talk about, you mm -hmm. know. That enabled us to open up the types of folks that can come and participate on these commissions. Right. Uh, you know, again, it's a mad, it's a game of inches. It's not, right, you right. know, we're not going to win the whole race. Right, we're not going right, to win the game right. instantaneously. Right, and now on the flip side, you got down. billionaires that are, single billionaires that are calling shots for the country. You know, so so I get on the other side of that, why we're to a greater degree doing, pushing the agenda that we're pushing. So tell me, man, what's the one thing you want to say to the public, man, that would assist you in doing your work, getting you some of the things that you need? Talk to, talk to the public, man, a little bit about how they can help you, find you, do some of the things, get, you know, get involved with what you're trying to do. Certainly. I mean, anybody can reach out to me. Uh, my email address is albert.lee at oac.oregon.gov. I'm happy to listen and hear anybody on any topic. Uh, we have a budget presentation that's coming up on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 3 o'clock, <laughs> down, <laughs> yep, down in the Capitol. So if you would like to see you know, more uh, support for the things that the commissions do, if you want to see more financial support from the state, 
you know, that's not Valentine's Day? Valentine's that's the last day I'm trying to leave the house. <laughs> hey, we don't get to pick the day. Well, but uh, 3 o'clock, uh, hearing room 3 at the, at the Capitol, I'll be there presenting for the agency. And we'd love to hear from community members that uh, want to see more good stuff coming out of the commissions. I do have a question before we wrap up. Oh, no, we, we ain't going nowhere until you're ready to go, yeah. Oh, okay, great. Um, <laughs> so, you know, my passion is um, African-American. Um, I'm focused on um, the African-American community. What are some of the, uh, and I also know that um, people, they typically, you bring people together around issues, um, issues that affect um, many times their daily lives. So um, what are some of the goals um, that, you know, one or two goals that the commission has that would affect African-American lives? Certainly, uh, you know, you need to have uh our Vice Chair Silky Booker here, he would tell you a whole lot more than I can. Okay. But, uh, you know, in alignment with your organization, Coalition of Black Men, mm -hmm. you know, we want to see more black men mm -hmm. uh, running for office. We want to see more black men in, yeah. in, 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 in seats of leadership. We want to see more black women running for office. We want to see more black women in seats of leadership. Uh, we would love... When you uh, say seats of leadership, are you saying in anything? In government? In government, okay. in, in business. Okay. Um, Community you know, shit. I, yeah, he, ain't, he don't need to stop there. He needs yeah. to keep on running. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And so we, uh, you know, each of the commissions is always looking for community-based organizations and others to align with to try to develop some of these uh, programs. Because, you know, I think one of the biggest things that stops us are the boundaries that we put on ourselves. Um, and when we can look beyond that, when we can say, and when we can picture and imagine ourselves in different positions, we can achieve that. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's to, for some folks that has been achieved. I was talking in our uh, meeting uh, yesterday uh, about uh, Senator Margaret Carter. Uh, you know, her, her, uh, her daughter and I have been friends for like 20 years. And she's someone who, she, she's turned 87, but she looks like she's 57. And she has lots and lots of experience on how to be successful in the viper pit that is politics in Oregon. And she, she survived for a long time. So those kinds of people are always very, very interesting to me. But how do you get to, because she's an exception that proves the rule more than anything. That's a really, how many black senators in the country, much less in Oregon, that have made it that long? You know, but for Margaret Carter, but for those that came before us, that we wouldn't have, you yeah. know, the Senator Mannings, the yeah. Senator Fredericks, yeah. the, the, right. the Representative Bynum, Representative yeah. Nelson. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't have those folks in there. Uh, and in her day, uh, it was a lot more hostile than it is today. Oh, absolutely. Come absolutely. on, man. But push the button, though, man. Absolutely. I'm still looking for you to push the button. The button to, to, to make the call. The call to action. I mean, what what is it that makes these people come forward for you on your behalf, man. What's the call? Yeah, cause I know what will the real soldiers please stand up? You know, kind of, kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? What's the call for this? I mean, because it's real clear that we're in a desperate situation. We're in a we're in a, a dog fight in this <clears throat> politic re reality. That pit, you know. And so, if you had to muster up something other than the political agenda and the money, what would be the heart call that you would call to us to say to people who are in our position, man, that they need to wake up and get and get busy? Here's the thing. I mean, the the reality is, when you look, and I'm just looking specifically at state yeah. government. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've, we've got a state budget of over $100 billion. 
the discretionary budget is around 28, 29 billion dollars. Now you're talking about some numbers now. <laughs> 28, 29 billion dollars. Discretionary. That's the discretionary. I can do what I want. So that that's how we fund the different agencies, that's how we fund the different policies and whatnot. If you want your cut of that pie, you need to talk about it, you need to speak up, you need to stand up, and you need to reach out. And that's that is the thing that we want to 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 explain to folks is that it's up for grabs. You know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Uh, the reality is if if you want something for your community, you gotta voice it, you gotta let folks know. Uh, the folks that are in power. And but I'm, even listen, better, I'm, but I'm, tired, better. I'm tired of, of, of making all these efforts over the years, and every time I make an effort upwards, I get, I get pushed down. One step forward, two steps back? Yeah. One step forward, five steps back. Mm -hmm. But I'm always been told, well, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. I've been doing that shit all my whole time here in Oregon, and I've been doing it since 1980 off and on, right? And so I, I, those, I know lots of those folks. Uh, Harrison, let me ask you this. 
So I don't know how that messaging has gotten skewed over the years, or we don't take that on as an initiative ourselves, but I do think we should take on some of that responsibility ourselves as a community. Well, I, I think that it's a big ask to ask to, to, um, to envision that every um, individual will self-develop in that way. Um, typically what happens is you have an icon who comes along who um, does the um, the work the empowering the, yes the empowering the, the vision Come on, icon you know communicates <laughs> okay, I, am I looking at the icon down there well <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying from my observation it has been that I mean look at Hitler Right, um, it's that really person who. Well, I mean, I there's a lot we can. There's a lot we can learn from how he operated. Um, you know, he was a, a evil person, um, but at the same time, we almost had our own. Hitler, which means all he needs. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, buy into the whole charismatic leader uh, bit. I think I think reality. The reality is you develop systems to build leadership. Yeah. Um, you know the commissions can't pick and choose no. uh, political yeah. leaders. Let, to, let, to let me tell, let me tell you something. You something. You, let me tell you something. No, here's what, what you, here's what you I deal to, with on a regular basis. What I deal with on a regular basis is I'm at, uh, up at Emmanuel Hospital or Providence Hospital, or one of those hospitals, and I'm at a, a last breath ceremony because I have been to over three dozen last breath ceremonies from people who died of ODs, right? Those are the people I deal with. That's why I'm certified by the state of Oregon to help folks like that, right? Mm -hmm. How do we deal with those people? Because I could talk from up here all day. I can talk about power and all that, but then when I leave here and I go over to Emmanuel Hospital and this person is on his dying last breath and all he wants to do is make sure that, that his family, his child is okay, but they, they, they don't know what to do with this loved ones. We deal with so much death in the community of people that look like me and, and each time somebody dies, somebody is, else is ready to kill someone else. Where does that come from? It comes from up here a lot of times. Well, and then I'm going to keep beating this drum. I apologize. Um, right. apologize. You know, it's, um, and maybe charismatic isn't the right word. Uh, maybe the word is inspiring person. Um, but that person has to have the, um, the correct message. And although we might want to believe that um, community really is or society is really driven by um, large groups of people, that's not reality. The reality is that typically it is one or two individuals from within the community who dictates um, how that community will um, react. And, and they're the ones who empower this individual. What if you have an individual mm -hmm. who has that uh, charisma mm -hmm. or who has that inspirational voice, uh -huh. but along with those two things, right. he or she still has been thrown away because they now, or have had for many years, a felony rap. There are lots and lots of people in oh, this absolutely. community and over the world. Right. They have all of that, but they were, they, they were put down from the beginning. They got a felony rap, and they can't get rid of that. And that's that's throughout the country. Oh, absolutely. What do you deal with? How do you deal with that? You just are they just throw away? Throw no. away? No, 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 no. 
And in fact, that's one of the pieces of legislation that's going on this session in the legislature is to be able to get uh, incarcerated folks as well as ex-cons the, the, the ability to vote in this state. You know, again, these are- Well, most of them have the ability to vote, actually. Incarcerated folks don't have the, the right to vote in the state. You know, really? they, get, they get counted, they get counted for where they're housed in the rural areas, but they don't get the vote. The census, yeah. Uh, and, and so, again, this is one of those incremental steps. We're, we're trying to move the ball forward by the inch. When when you talk about, you know, these last last rights uh, that you're- Yeah, you're, yeah dude, last breath. Last breath situation, situations, yeah. you know, that is the end product of the destruction of our communities. It is the end product of the destruction of our educational system. And the, and the, and the, the, and the strengthening of white supremacy. And so what we're doing to combat that is to try to rebuild those structures that were dismantled and at the same time oppose those structures that continue to harm community. Yeah, it's a big task. Yeah, it's a it's a big it's one, a giant cast. Hey, look here, y'all. Hey, this has been a great conversation, man. I I, I really am. Uh, you know, again, I, I I am thankful that you decided to come out and, and share with us and, and and be a part of this. And again, for me, our, the systemic woos that our community experiences is just phenomenal. I mean, it's just beyond sometimes my capacity to grasp the edge of the barrel or the ends of the envelope, however you want to call it. It just seems like it's a vast pool that we have. But one of the things that I want to remind us of is that we need to be constantly diligent about how we develop our next generation of our community. And that I think that taking some of that responsibility and as men, I think importantly is that we need to make sure that we invest in understanding the very things that govern and influence our lives in our community and make sure that we begin to fortify that young developed mind or that young developed corpse or however you want to look at it to begin to advance these agendas by investing our time and effort in focusing on that young vessel to steer it to what is important versus what isn't in terms of community participation. Priorities. Yeah, what our, what our priorities are. I mean, we teach them that to eat, to drink, to, to shower, to do all these things are important, but somewhere along the line we get twisted that believing that a car or a pair of sneakers is more important than understanding the legislative, our ability to understand politics and government. So I think, and maybe that's education, maybe that's our family, maybe it's a number of things, but I think for right now, it's us each individually taking one, teaching one, and reaching one. Hey, listen, y'all, I pre appreciate y'all participating with this episode of Black Beat. Hey, John, yes, sir. I can just say one thing. I sure, think that Mr. we should also, yes. thank you. Yeah. I think that we should also continue the work of community building, um, ensuring that, you know, the pastors, the business leaders, um, you know, leaders within our community are getting together and um, helping us build community, you know, in ensuring that we're not acting in silos. Appreciate you, man, mm -hmm. on that one. And again, take the time to listen to somebody and to make sure that y'all begin to influence these young minds in a direction that allows them an ability to survive in a hostile environment. Hey y'all, again, I appreciate your time and your effort. And oh yeah, one last thing I wanna just tell you and answer the question that was asked, would I prefer to live back then than to now? 
I think I would prefer now because I must say that we're living in one of the greatest times in the history of our time. And there are opportunities today are greater than they've ever been. So take heed, take opportunity. But there's also fentanyl. Well, <laughs> you have, and you also have choices. <laughs> you know, so anyway, y'all have a great afternoon. An opportunity. Yeah, an opportunity. <laughs> and you got choices. Again, thank you, my brother, for coming in and sharing with us a little bit about what you did. That's a wrap, y'all. All right.